the Under Center Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Under Center Podcast. I'm your host, Dara Mar, and I am joined by just Phil Malloy today as Jake decided he had better things to do instead of actually recording a podcast we've been doing for the last couple of months. Fionn, how are you? I'm very good and I just want to point out my commitment to this show that my other co-host has failed to show on many occasions. Yeah, well we talked about how he had a holdout earlier on this year looking for his new deal. He got his picture and now he's still holding out for more. He's about as high strung as Michael Thomas at this point. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but when we lose a when we lose a host, we gain two guests because we are having a Chicago Bears special today. And joining us from the Irish Bears show is, of course, Kieran and Anthony. Lads, we are delighted to have you on. It's been a while since we've actually talked. You so graciously invited us on for your uh, first night of the draft stream, which we had a fantastic time on. Um, and we're delighted now to have you on our show. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the last time I heard about the whole pictures and it was all, that's that <laughs> night. It was all dependent on the draft and uh, we come full circle and uh, he's still not here. <laughs> and he still hasn't paid up his picture either. That's a good point. <laughs> I forgot about that one. Brilliant. So, yeah, so we're going to have a lot of things to cover now today. Um Obviously, the first week of the preseason is in the books. We finally have some football games to talk about. And we're going to talk, obviously, about the Chicago Bears game against the Miami Dolphins on Sunday afternoon. Uh, Chicago Bears winning 20 points to 13. And a certain Justin Fields made his debut in pressing as well with uh, 14 of 20 for 142 yards, a touchdown, which also included 33 rushing yards. And a rushing touchdown too. But uh, Anthony, I'll start with you on this one. What did you make of the uh, game as a whole on Sunday? Um, it was kind of a typical preseason, but it was different for Chicago because it felt like a regular season game because of the excitement that's been going on since draft night. And the atmosphere seemed to be insane in, in, in Soldier Field and to have fans back as well. But look, the first quarter, second quarter was pretty, pretty, pretty poor offensively. So it was a bit of bit of a fear going through looking at that. But I think seeing Justin Fields on, on the field, um, it just is full of excitement within Chicago. Uh, just to see what he can do. Now, look, I think we might have got our game in the offensive line in the first quarter. We're, we're that much depleted in that that area of the field. But it was, um, look, it was just, it's just brilliant to have what we think is going to be our franchise quarterback, which you got to remember in Chicago, that's never happened before. So going into our, going into any preseason game to have someone that we think could be that one is uh, is pretty sensational, to be honest. Yeah, Kieran, what did you, uh, what did you make of Sunday? Well, I think Anthony was just being nice. He was a bit like dramatic because Daz Newsome didn't get a lot of playing time over, <laughs> over the game. How long are we on? Four minutes and he's already dishing Daz. He's going to say kickers aren't humans as well. Is... well. Well, to be fair, at least I brought him up, Anthony. It's, all, it's taking oh, a while today. Two catches today, kid. Two catches today. <laughs> Absolutely. Look, yeah, Anthony's right. I think it's been a long time coming in terms of being excited for a Bears game because, like, Ever since draft nine, you guys were on, it, it's just been kind of mayhem. Every week, people are just looking for more and more content to do with Justin Fields. And the fact that we finally got to be able to watch him play, it's it's just fantastic. Yeah, totally. And and that was it, that was the thing that see watching the watching back the game on Sunday as well with Fields, you could f- see the uh, the energy in the crowd just take that extra notches 
up and up when when he made onto the field because they were actually calling for him in, in the first quarter as well while uh, Andy Dalton was in too. Um, so, uh, Fionn, actually, I'll ask you um, on this one because um, as an outsider looking in, mm-hmm. you know, and you've seen uh, the, the the sort of hype around uh, Justin Fields so far, what have you uh, what have you made of uh, him in his first preseason game? You know, in fairness to the lads, I expected them to come out today and put Fields in the Hall of Fame already. I know there's a lot of excitement. We were we were there on draft day. That was that was amazing watching them fall and the lads get more and more excited. And I have to say, of the five big names, Fields, Lance, Lawrence, Jones, and Wilson, I think he had the best day uh, on his first outing. I think he showed composure. Definitely, look, it's the preseason. We have to take everything with a bit of pinch of salt. A lot of time to throw the ball. Uh, I would be maybe a little bit worried at his comments saying, oh, the game feels slow for me there. Quite famous last words. I think that's the, the most worrying thing he did all weekend. Other than that, he threw really well. He he threw the passes that they asked him to, if you know what I mean. That, that wheel out throwback, that's a, a very effective throw in the preseason. But he pulled it off. He kept his composure. He had the arm strength to get it there. Of course, they all have the arm strength to get it there. So, yeah. And we spoke off air. I've gone through this with Dwayne Haskins a couple of seasons ago. Again, an Ohio State guy, supposed to be the new face of the franchise, who played pretty well in the in the preseason. So just yeah, pinch of salt. And I'm glad to see they've taken a nice, calm approach. Uh, but yeah, Anthony, what do you think of that? Specifically the comment he made. Were, did you did you bite your cheek a little bit and go, oh, don't say that? Or were you like, yes, and we love to hear this? That's confidence. I actually think it was an example of his. It, it was actually out of context a little bit. He was actually saying in in connection to the Chicago Bears defense, okay, that it was slow okay. compared to the defense. So he was saying that the preseason game one compared to what he was getting in the defense was was different. But still, he learned from that as well. Like he, this has got to remember he's a rookie. But I what I find amazing about Justin Fields is his first press conference in Chicago. He sounded like someone who'd been doing this for years. He doesn't look sound like a rookie. Mm-hmm. Um, now again, I, I get it. We have to be careful, but. On the flip side of that, as a Bears fan, we've never had this before. So I think any yeah. Bears fan should get excited and should be all enthusiastic. Like I've heard everyone wanting, like you were on our, you were on the show when we were doing the podcast. We didn't want them to play at all. And then I'd say mm-hmm. four podcasts later in the Irish Bears show, we were like, well, maybe, maybe week 12, maybe week 12, week 13. But in three weeks, we wanted them week four. And now we're all on week one and never see Dalton again and trade Dalton wherever. So look, it's 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 crazy when it comes to that. I think. There's more questions around the Bears as to what they do with Justin Fields and how they mm-hmm. get to protect him. And uh, I think you'll get onto that later on with the with the O line and, and some of the stuff that's there and the worries we would have around A Rob and whether Alan Robinson's going to stick around next year. And if that goes, then who do you go and get wide receiver one, considering we don't have a first rounder? So look, there's a lot of other questions around this, but the way he's performed, the way he's on the training ground, the way he's projecting himself, it's definitely in the in the right project. He's going in the right direction. And now compare that to where we were, sorry, compare that to where we were last year, where we had two quarterbacks, one who was petrified sometimes, and the other quarterback who just had seen better days, Mm -hmm. um, to now go to a scenario where Andy Dalton, and I keep on saying this to everybody, he's not a bad QB, he's not a great QB, but he's not a bad QB. Um, He'll do what he has to do and he'll he'll get you your points, but... Karen will always say it that he won't win you games that you're meant to be close games, but he'll win the games you should win. Yeah. So I think that's the that's the big thing with him. I think that's the great takeaway from this is not necessarily uh, what Fields did, but what he didn't do. That he didn't panic. That he that he 
didn't seem overwhelmed, right? And that's the big takeaways. We, you never know how many players he played against over the course of his his 20 attempts are going to even make a roster on the Dolphins. So it's very hard to draw comparisons and even, even draw comparisons like I did at the start to the four other guys that were on that draft class. You never know who you're playing, when exactly you get in the game. So I think for now, the most important things to look for is how is he handling himself? How are the other players reacting to him? And is he just not making the really stupid mistakes? Because every rookie is going to make a mistake. He's not going to be perfect all season. So, but 70% accuracy is really good. 142 yards, a touchdown and no interceptions. That's about as good as you can ask. I'm not going to put him on a pedestal, but definitely he did not lower his stock based on this weekend. Anyway, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, and interesting, Fionn, that you mentioned about, about the rookie mistakes, because we did see, uh, especially one example of that, I think it was a fumble loss that, uh, in one in the second half, second quarter, I should say, and um, that I think it did go over the sideline, so it didn't actually go in the record books as a as a forced fumble, so it was okay. Um, but that that's what you're going to get in the first year with a, with a rookie QB. Anyway, you're going to sort of get these sort of growing pains that you're going to have to. He's going to have to work his way through. But I want to ask and and Kieran, I'll, I'll ask you this one. Um, there is obviously a lot of hope from Bears fans that this is the franchise quarterback this is the guy that's going to you know carry the bears forward for the next 10 15 years hopefully is there a chance here that maybe there's a little too much pressure on fields' shoulders already that may hamper his development a little bit in terms of like anthony was saying uh, uh, in an earlier answer that when you first drafted him, you spoke about how, okay, don't play him this season. Let him sit and, you know, get used to an NFL environment. A couple of weeks in, week 12, you know, now people are saying that he should be starting week one. Do you, do you think maybe, like, Bears fans maybe have to hold on the brakes just a little bit? I don't even think it's Bears fans. And also, apologies for my crappy internet earlier. I don't know what okay. happened. Um, but, yeah, look, I think it's not so much Bears fans. It's any fan base that drafts a quarterback high because it's it kind of comes with the expectation but the one thing that i take away from it in terms of is it more pressure i don't think so because guys like justin fields have played at the highest level their entire career so even in high school he was being he was part of a documentary for qb1 so at a very young age he's been in the spotlight then goes to georgia moves to Ohio State where he's the main guy, has to deal with all the pressures, playing in the biggest games in college football. I think it just comes with the territory when you're a first-round pick. And all the signs point to that he's someone that is ready. In terms of – I've always said on our show, I think I'm more impressed with Justin Fields mentally than what we actually see in terms of the physical traits. We know the physical traits are there. He has a cannon of an arm. He has – the speed, we saw it in the preseason game where I think he knocked up 20 kilometers an hour in, in one of those runs, which was, I think, the third fastest of any player in the first preseason game, which is ridiculous, and the fastest of any Bears player over the last two years. And to kind of look at that, the Bears have had Tariq Cohen and Cordell Patterson running the ball in the last couple of seasons. But it is one of those that I just feel like in his first press, press conference, he was asked that very question. And his answer was very simple, but it always kind of stayed with me. And he said, I'm born for this. And it just goes to show, I think, his experience, kind of where he's coming from. I don't think there's that much pressure from Bears fans. Well, we all want to see him play. I don't think there's a single Bears fan that 
thinks that the Bears are genuinely going to win the division and have a long playoff run. Everybody's pretty realistic in the fact that the main objective of this season is the development of Justin Fields. And yes, I think at the start, Anthony and I were at the point of if you draft a quarterback, just let them sit because we're not going to be very good anyway. But we have to remember in the NFL in 2021, that's not very realistic. Like really, like when we look at it, what quarterbacks sit in their rookie season? The, the main one people will talk about is Patrick Mahomes, but they failed to mention that Alex Smith nearly threw for 5,000 passing yards that year. <laughs> like he was on a Pro Bowl level. We saw Jordan Love not play last year, and now we look at it now, and a lot of people are saying he's not the guy for Green Bay after Aaron Rodgers. But every other guy plays. Like we look at Kyler Murray last year. He, he had a phenomenal season. You look at Justin Herbert, who came in after four weeks. Like if you go through the point of where if Tyrod Taylor played all year and Justin Herbert doesn't play, then the Chargers don't know how good they have it. And then that actually affects players that may want to join the Chargers because now they look like this exciting team because they've Justin Herbert, who everybody saw last year. You look at even the Miami Dolphins, who we just played. Tua went through some growing pain. So that's the opposite scales. While fans will always want the rookie to play, it's natural. It doesn't matter what team you are. You want your rookie quarterback to play, but it's up to the coaching staff to put them in when they're ready. And that's why I think it's actually really important that the Bears did sign Andy Dalton because it takes that pressure off. You don't have to play Justin Fields in week one. Now, if Justin Fields proves in practice more than the preseason games, that mentally he has the playbook down, that he's going through his progressions and he's actually ready to play, there's no harm in playing him in week one. But because of that safety blanket that the Bears have in Andy Dalton, they don't have to. And I think that's the most important thing this season is that they've actually given themselves a little bit of a cushion. While fans may not be happy that Justin Fields isn't playing, they're actually doing the best thing for him that they actually get to put him in when he's ready. I've kind of said that while I would like to see him play week one, I don't think it's going to happen. I think the most realistic one that we're probably going to see is you'll see Andy Dalton out there for at least the first three weeks. So you'll see him play against um, the LA Rams, where I don't think that the Bears have a great opportunity to win that game because of, I think the Rams are going to be pretty good this year. Matt Stafford is better than people think. Um, he's, been, he's been on a bad Detroit Lions team for a long time. But then what will happen is the Bears will come in and play the Bengals, who I think are a pretty bad team this year. They'll win that game. Then you play against the Browns, which will be a pretty tough game. After that, I think there's a decision to make because then you come back and play against the Lions, who you'd be expected to win. Everybody talks about where is the perfect situation to play Justin Fields. And for me, it's that game against the Lions because it's a you can ease him into that game. But then if you don't play him there, it's actually pretty difficult to put him in in a good situation up until the bye week, personally. And our bye week's not until week 10. And I can't see Matt Nagy not playing Justin Fields for 10 weeks. Yeah, it is going to be difficult, especially if you, like you said, after the Lions game, and if you are in a favorable position in in the division as well, it's going to be difficult to make that uh, decision and, and, and pull uh, pull the trigger too. Um, moving on to sort of others in the quarterback room, you mentioned Andy Dalton, who 
you said will likely be uh, the week one starter. But there's another one there, and that's of course Nick Foles. No, 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 no we only have two quarterbacks. <laughs> we, 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 we don't talk about Nick Foles around here. Well, the reason the reason why I'm bringing it up is because I did catch the show where obviously you guys got pretty passionate about Nick Foles and the fact that you want him out of the team and you Super Bowl, of, lad. He's a bum. He's a bum. He's he won a, a Super Bowl as a bum. He's a bum. He throws about four picks every single practice. He's a bum. <laughs> Alec Ovaltree is going to get a contract off, off Nick Foles. That's <laughs> probably that's the best thing that Nick Foles has over Chicago Bears. I'll do a quick one. Fionn, you play you you uh, support Washington and don't really have a starting quarterback. Would you want Nick, Nick Foles? I think that's an absolute slander. I think we absolutely have a starting quarterback for this year. Maybe not for next year, but I think I think Fitzmagic is 100% there. So he lit it up. I'm going to go all in on my quarterback on the first preseason game. He was fantastic. Him and Terry McLaurin have a great connection. I have high hopes for that. There's a reason he's been on 12 teams. There is, but there's also a reason he went to Stanford. When he's clicking, he's a great quarterback to have in the building. Now, granted, he does take slides that sometimes last about two seasons, which isn't great. But when he's hot, he can win games that he's not supposed to win. And as a Washington but, fan, that's what we're after at the moment. Because but, but Nick Foles is a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Why wouldn't you want him? Who's better, him now? Back, so 100%. Who's, who's better now than he was before the quarter before the Super Bowl when he played? <laughs> Apparently. Apparently. Boom. Boom. <laughs> right, but, lads. That... That it is an issue though because he is on a big contract. We thought that there was light at the end of the tunnel. The when the Carson Wentz injury happened and Nick Foles' name wasn't top of the list of well, that the media linked to the Colts to take over. Um, obviously, because of his uh, relationship with, with Frank Reich, and that's not materializing now. And at, at what stage, like, do you think? Do the Bears have to keep him or because of the contract or would you be willing to, to eat the dead money just to get him off the team? Depends who you ask the question to. And it's a serious answer. If you ask himself and Kieran, I'd be putting him on the first plane to wherever he wants to go. Um, but I think if you're Ryan Pace, you're sitting there going, I might get a draft pick later on. If somebody gets a quarterback panic, I might get something for him. Um, and also I think Nagy actually likes him in the room. Um, around fields uh, I just think the, the press conference he made or he did two weeks ago I think it is now um, was a desperate attempt for him to get out of, get out of Chicago and get out of the city um, it was just it was slanderous actually it was, it was a shocking press conference um, and as somebody on another Bears podcast um, basically said that why are we giving our third string QB uh, press conference uh, I would say we, if Chicago Bears haven't learned from that they've learned from nothing don't let me fall near a mic um, he doesn't want to be there. We don't want him there. He got booed res- relentlessly in the first preseason, like relentlessly. Um, I was trying to boo from Ireland. If they could have heard it, it would have been brilliant. But it, it just, he just, he is the wrong fit. He's a bad example for for Pace. Pace had a bad year when it came to free agency last uh, last year. Um, around Nick Foles and around Robert Quinn, and there's there's. He kind of redeemed himself this year with a lot of things he's moved because while everyone talks about Justin Fields and to a point Kevin Jenkins, I forgot about the injury for a second, but some of his free agency moves were quite smart um, this year. So he had to make up for last year's. But as, as for Nick Foles, I think everyone wants him done. I think he wants to go as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just needs to find the team. 
Yeah, so my, pro- my problem sorry, with him is um, the fact that all the stories came out that he's when the Bears have had certain trades that have been set up that he's basically said no to certain ones. I wouldn't be surprised if one of those were to the New York Jets because he doesn't want to go somewhere where basically he doesn't know like the coaching staff and doesn't feel comfortable. And like at the end of the day, you have a guy that's a third string quarterback that's not going to contribute at all this season unless like both Andy Dalton and Justin Fields got injured. Like at, at the end of the day, I, I, I agree with Anthony. I don't know why you're giving him any sort of say. I don't like he's a player. He doesn't have a no trade clause in his contract. I don't care if he's gonna say no, you trade him, you get you get rid of him. Like I get what Anthony's saying in terms of like the coaching staff and Ryan Pace maybe wanting to keep him for Justin Fields, but for me, you save I think it's a million if you don't have him on the roster. Now, compared to what his contract is, it'd be much better if you could trade him because you'd save a lot more, which gives you a little bit of flexibility during the season. So that's why I think the Bears will wait until the very last moment. But when those last roster cutdowns, I'd be surprised if Nick Foles was still on the roster because it doesn't make sense to carry three quarterbacks. You need to be, it's all about development right now. You don't need Nick Foles taking any reps during the season, even if it is the scout team. You don't need him there. You need Justin Fields doing all of that if he's not going to be playing. So for me, I don't see any point in it. I agree with what Anthony said in terms of Ryan Pace had a bit of a mare last year in the free agency. I think what he was trying to do is because COVID had just hit. So I think it was about a week or two before when everything kind of got real bad. And I think the Bears played it safe and just went for guys that knew some of the coaches at that time, Andy Dalton was still with the Bengals and they didn't want to trade anything and they didn't want to be left behind. There was rumors of the Bears being involved with Teddy Bridgewater as well, but the price just got too high. So the Bears just went to the next option. It was Nick Foles. And look, it just didn't work. But like Anthony said, I think they've kind of redeemed themselves and making more astute signings this year and kind of trying to hit a home run in the draft, which... It looks like it with certain players and even some of the later round picks that it seems like they've actually done pretty well uh, of early goings anyway from what we've seen. So once we sort out the quarterback room, we've got rid of folds, we've settled fields into his 10, 15 year tenure. What's next on the to-do list? What's the next biggest problem that needs to be solved on the Chicago Bears? Where do you go and spend your money to fix this leak quickly? So it's going to be tough because the Bears are going to look very different in the next three years because there will be some of those key defensive players that won't be here anymore. Danny Trevathan won't be at the Bears long term. You probably won't have Akeem Hicks, but again, there's a lot of conjecture whether he's going to sign a new deal. I don't think he will. I think he's, unless he's going to take a team-friendly deal, I can't see the Bears giving him a contract extension that's going to increase his salary. Um, because the Bears have to put more money onto the offense. It's very obvious where the issues lie for the Chicago Bears. It's on the offensive line. That's the main thing. They tried to fix it, but the problem is we've had so many injuries. Like The fact is we've had to sign Jason Peters off the street, basically, to give us some more depth because we're missing so many. To kind of give some of your audience a little bit of an insight on this, at the start of training camp, we had 15 offensive linemen. In one of the practices last week, we had nine players still there. That just shows you, it seems like every single day that we tune in, someone else is getting injured. And I think one of our 
undrafted free agent tackles. Now he would have been with a third team. He got injured today. So it, it's just, it seems like when one person comes back, somebody else get, gets hurt. So it's very obvious by what the bears did in the draft and tried to do in free agency this year, that the next place that they are going to look is offensive line. But then after that, it just has to be at the wide receiver position because we don't know what's happening with Allen Robinson. If he does go, you have to bring somebody else in. And I've been kind of on the record saying that if it's me and you have a chance to even get back into the end of the first round, because again, we did get back. Um, we do have a, a second round pick, so you can kind of move up a little bit. I would still be targeting a wide receiver. Um, in terms of defense, it's hard to know because we don't really know what to expect. We expect a more aggressive defense, but I don't know where the Bears... I don't think the Bears need to improve the front seven at all. I think the front seven is pretty good. You can find another guy outside, Khalil Mack, to go on the other side. We have a couple of guys there that may be productive this year, but if it's on defense, you're probably looking at the corner opposite Jalen Johnson. I don't know if Anthony agrees if there's a particular position he'd be looking at that the Bears need to upgrade next year. Yeah, I think I think you've hit the nail on the head around the offensive line, but I think the offensive line, if fit there, and and obviously there's a couple of there's a couple of rookies in there that that potentially could be long-standing guys, and you're looking, you're hoping for rookies, but again, you're you're kind of praying a little bit. Um, but after that, then it is as Karen rightly said, it's wide receiver and 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 just getting we we've made a Robs is the one of the weirdest contract scenarios I think I've seen in the NFL because for two years the Two years ago, I was like, ah, it's just a matter of time. A-Rob said it. Pace said it. Ah, it's just a matter of time. We'll get it done. It'll, it'll happen. It'll happen. And then it just kept on going and going. And suddenly A-Rob had a meltdown and took everything down off his Twitter page and his Instagram page. And everyone was like, well, whoa, whoa. And then you find out later that he got lowballed completely. And then it's kind of dragged on and dragged on. And he gets the tag and he signs a tag based on he was looking at all the other wide receiver um, market at the time. And he was like, oh, geez, I better take the tag because it's not bad. And now we've got the situation where I just don't think he comes back. And we don't have anyone else. Look, Darnell Mooney is a great wide receiver. He, Sorry, he has the potential to be a great wide receiver. He's not a wide receiver one. He just isn't. Uh, and we need to get to that stage. And I think that's the Kieran's right. I think you look at, I know Kieran's always talking about Alave at, at Ohio State, that if we could somehow get back into the first round and, and sneak him somehow. So again, just like Kieran and myself did when we first started the Irish Bear Show, where we said Justin Fields was a bum, I'm going to be saying Alave is a bum for the next nine months to try and say he's got <laughs> epilepsy and he's got loads of other things wrong with him. Because so, um, that, that would just make sense to us. I think we get a wide receiver to help him there and we get probably another. Now, the one positive on Bears, Bears fans, in case we're saying, Massive negative is our cap space situation is really good next year. Well, it's better next year, so we will have money to to spend, and we will have we'll have players who will be coming off contract like a Jimmy Graham, like uh, Andy Dalton probably, and that'll be pretty big contracts come off as well. Would you take Michael Thomas if he showed up? Yeah, easily, easily. If if he's fit and he's wanting to play, look, he just doesn't want to play for the Saints. Like if you said. You have to trade a because we don't have a first round pick next year, but it was the one after that for Michael Thomas. I'd do it because he is a top five wide receiver in the NFL. No, so you're happy no with his contract with his contract as it stands now. I mean, it's a lot of you're gonna get the top end of that contract, if you know what I mean. All the expensive years. So unless you can convince him to restructure a little bit, I don't know, but he's kind of 20, 20 odd million for the next three years. Can I don't I, know if that's yeah, but I, what, can I jump in? Sorry, can I jump in on that? I think Michael Thomas might look at someone like Justin Fields' development this year 
And Michael Thomas might look and go, I'm on, I might want to play with that kid. And that's what Kieran said at the start about, about Justin Fields and the impact he might have. And again, I'm using the word might, he might have on that. Well, you'll see wide receivers will be like, okay, yeah, I could go for money, money, money. Like example we give is already with A-Rob. Everybody, before Justin Fields was picked, I was guaranteed A-Rob was not going to be back at Chicago Bears. Now there is a glimmer of hope. Why? Because Justin Fields is there. And for the first time in his career, he has someone throwing the ball to him. In Michael Thomas's perspective, Kieran Trey, he just want to be, he just want to be at the Saints, but he might look at Chicago, big place to big football town, big place to make money for himself outside of his own contract, and he might look at that and Justin Fields and a relatively young potential money money led um, offensive line. So because we've got, if we get, if Jenkins is the person we hope he's going to be, and he comes back, that's our left tackle potentially and our quarterback on rookie deals for four years, and you're looking at going, okay, well there may be money to spend on other areas, and. Chicago Bears shouldn't look at the Super Bowl in year one. We shouldn't. This is not a Super Bowl team at all, in my opinion. But what we are is we're developing into, we've got a four-year window. And I think in year two, three, and four, especially what's happening up north uh, in, in Green Bay and the fact that it's absolute car crash time, like definitely next year they will be terrible. Um, that's, when, that's when the Bears really have a great chance to do it. Um, and I think there'll be a lot of wide receivers, I think, might look at Chicago in that way. Yeah, what I would say in terms of the Michael Thomas that I think whatever team trades for him, it, his contract will be restructured. It'll be, it'll say where he gets a contract extension, but to make those years a little bit more palatable. And look, the the good thing for any team that wants to trade for Michael Thomas is that everybody knows he wants to leave. So you, even though I said that I would want, I would even trade a first round pick. It's not going to take a first round pick to get Michael Thomas because everybody knows he wants out. He will probably refuse to play for the New Orleans Saints, which he's probably not wrong because of some of the things that they've kind of promised them and haven't delivered. And also their quarterback situation is an absolute mess right now. So he, but he's the type of guy that if you lose, if you lose someone like Allen Robinson, I don't see the bears being able to get one of the top wide receivers in free agency, because I think a lot of the guys are just going to either get a franchise tag or they're going to resign with their club. So we're going to see that kind of second tier. I I've always said, I think for Alan Robinson, it's one of two teams. I think either he resigns with the bears after the end of the season, or I think he goes back to Jacksonville to play with Trevor Lawrence. I think it's, it's one or two of those. I can't see him going to many other places. Um, but it, it's definitely one to look out for. I'd be surprised if the Bears don't have some sort of backup plan if Alan Robinson is gone. I don't think they're stupid enough to realize that when you get in your quarterback that you're going to need a number one wide receiver. Sure, Dara, you, you, you know yourself with Russell Wills and how long he was looking for that out-and-out out number one guy that kept kind of going to, what was it, Baldwin. They brought in Percy Harvin for a year. But now you look at it and how different it looks with DK Metcalf. Like, you need that one guy that when stuff breaks down, that the guy can just go to their number one receiver. And that's what Alan Robinson has been for terrible quarterbacks. Like You have to remember some of the guys that he has had the ball thrown to him from, like you have Blake Bortles, you have Mitch Trubisky, Chase Daniel, um, Tyler, and Nick, Bray. Tyler Bray and Nick Foles. That's, that's all of his quarterbacks in the NFL. That, and he is putting up ridiculous numbers every single year so i can't wait to see how he does with justin fields whether it's for 13 games 16 games eight games i don't care it's going to be a very interesting one and justin fields can make Alan robinson a lot of money 
Yeah, for sure. And I know that you're sort of a little hesitant in, in the free agent market, but I did have a quick look at some of the names and there was three names that sort of jumped out to me as possible um, maybe uh, people to come in if Alan Robinson goes. Uh, let me know what you think. So the first is Chris Godwin because he's on the franchise tag this year as well. So I doubt he's going to go on to another one next yeah. year. So it depends on their situation, how things are. Um, another one is this is probably the B category that you spoke about, and, and that's Robbie Anderson over at Carolina, who I think would be a, an interesting uh, pickup if he was to leave uh, the Panthers at the end of next season. And the third is, I think, is one who's an underrated uh, wide receiver who has maybe the potential to be a wide receiver one, and that's Cortland Sutton down at the Broncos, who's one that I actually really like myself as well. He's had he had injury issues last season. He's had difficulties with Drew Locke as well, obviously. And But if he has that, someone like Justin Fields, and Justin Fields matures into the player that um, the Bears hope that he will, it's definitely a, a favourable target to have. Yeah, look, absolutely. Look, I, I think it's... Godwin is an interesting one, because he's always been one that's on the radar, but then I just compare... Godwin to Robinson and who I would prefer and I still look at Robinson as something different because look, the Bears have that kind of shifty wide receiver that can that's re- a really good route runner that gets open in Darnell Mooney and I think you bring in Godwin and you're you are changing that kind of size factor that Robinson does have I like Godwin like obviously I don't think I would say no to if he was the guy to be brought in the, the problem just is when when you do go kind of lower, you can't you do lower your standards. And the difference is if you went and went one thing that Ryan Pace tends to do though is the position he goes and targets in free agency, he tends to go off and try and get someone in the draft as well. Which then I think you'd be more confident because if you go in and get someone like Chris Godwin and then in the second round in your top pick there that you're going for whatever wide receiver is left that's pretty good or if you go for a chris godwin and what happened this year happens again next year in terms of some of the free agents there are other names that are out there that have had productive seasons before so like the one i was surprised this year that didn't get a lot of money and just went to his team again was juju smith schuster from the pittsburgh steelers i was surprised he he didn't get a deal anywhere else but it is an interesting. I'm not the biggest fan of Robbie Anderson just after seeing him when he was with the Jets. I'm like, he's fine. <laughs> he's yeah. he's not going to be a guy that's like really going to do much. Like, there's specific wide receivers next year that are in free agency that you can bring in that'll be able to do a role. But the problem is, if the Bears lose Allen Robinson, they need a number one. Now, when I when I think of Chris Godwin. I think, yes, very good wide receiver, but is he a number one wide receiver? I'm not entirely sure. I think he's a 1A to somebody else. So it's tough. Like, I think it's it's obvious. I think the likes of Devontae Adams will probably re-sign with Green Bay. I don't, I don't, I really have a hard time thinking that they let both Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams go in, in one offseason. But when you look at the rest of the names, there's really not much out there. So that's where I think if the Bears do do lose Allen Robinson, they may actually be looking at the trade market to bring somebody in, like the Chiefs did this year for left tackle, where they looked at the they looked at the free agency market. They were involved in some of those. They saw it was too expensive. So instead of doing that, they went into the trade market um, and got Orlando Brown Jr. So I think that's definitely a, a situation. But 
I think I would be surprised if in the first kind of, well, it would be second and third round next year that the Bears don't go for a wide receiver. Perfect. Um, let's actually talk a little bit about then the defensive side of the ball because you do have a new defensive coordinator there in uh, Sean Desai. He's, uh, from what I've heard, had a good camp so far. And like you were saying, you've, you've, you're pretty happy with how the front seven has been shaping out. Uh, what what did you, how have you guys felt? And I'll start with Anthony on this one. Uh, camp has gone for uh, the side. I think the defense has been. I think they've been. Say so. They've been a bit pissed off, which is great. I think there's been a bit of a bit of anger about them. Uh, Sean Desai's brought in some kind of interesting things that he can do. So, for example, they brought in a, a basically a blue basketball bucket. So any takeaways, you go running over to that and you dunk it in. And they've all kind of bought into it. But what's really been different compared to Chuck Pagano is the, the kind of drive and the, and, the, and the attitude. Everything's a bit more tighter, a bit more intense and a bit more kind of aggressive. And it's all about going after the ball. So while with Chuck Pagano, it's a little bit more protective and a little bit more sit back. Now, to be fair to Pagano, when you have quarterbacks that we had, you probably knew that you had to kind of give the guys a bit of time on the field to try and... They knew they are going to back out there pretty quick. So I think... Sean Desai's attitude now is go after the ball and go after takeaways. And I think the defense have done that. I think it's it's really interesting. There's a lot of competition in parts that we didn't expect. And I know you probably might get to Alex, Alex Ogletree in a minute, but there's other ones. Uh, like Christian Jones came back as well in the same position. And there's there's some like Curry's Tonga, who's a seven rounder, we picked up, just looks ready to go almost. He's a he's a very interesting, typical Ryan Pace seven round pick. But our defense looks good. I think Eddie Jackson. Um, change his number, so that means he's going to be much better. Hopefully, uh, we need this. We need him there, going after the ball. I think that's the biggest part. We need our front seven. Eddie Goldman coming back from the COVID last year. Uh, anyone that's not been a Bears fan, Eddie Goldman was a big, big loss at Nosek, and to have him back, it it will free up hopefully the front seven to do more more go after the QB, which will allow our playmakers behind that, the likes of Eddie Jackson, uh, to go after the ball uh, and. That's the one big difference between when we were in the playoffs properly because last year we were in the playoff team last year. That was just one of those stupid jokes that we were in. But the the playoff team from 2018, we went after the ball defensively. And Sean Desai was part of that. He's part of the backroom team. Um, and he's much more of a Vic Fangio kind of defensive coordinating mind than, than Chuck Pagano. So, look, it was the one thing when we started the Irish Bears podcast when I was first on it with Kieran. Kieran asked me what was I looking forward to and it was pre-draft and I was like, Sean Desai and see how he how he gets on um, and I kind of I stick with that I think that's a really looking forward to seeing what he does his first ever calling a game it should be really interesting at NFL level calling a game at that level but he seems to be a Chicago kind of guy as well Kieran, what have you made of it so far with uh, Desai? Yeah I think the biggest thing is that the players have bought into him so like everybody seems to be really into it you see the front seven, like I've said before, are just so much more energized that something we didn't really see. Like when Chuck Pagano came in, the aggressiveness of the Bears defense just went away. And it was more of kind of a very passive approach and trying not to let a team score that whole bend but not break mantra. But it just didn't work. It do- It didn't fit, I think, the style of the defense the personality of the defense and you can tell by every single interview some of some of the defensive players kind of talk about that 
they feel very similar. The one thing I always got when the likes of Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, Eddie Jackson, when they would speak about Vic Fangio, he, they always said, Vic always knows where to put us and he puts us in the right positions. I don't think that Chuck Pagano did that over the last two seasons. And that's the thing. It's even the little gimmicks that Anthony talks about by having the kind of the blue bucket where they dunk the ball. It's just something fun to keep it fresh because it can be difficult to do that on defense where you're so used to being one of the better defenses in the NFL. You need to try and freshen things up. And he's done that. Like there's been, there's, there was like a very typical Khalil Mack quote today where they asked, where one of the reporters asked him about Sean Desai. And he said, Sean's got a little more of a geeky side than any other coordinator I've been around. You know what I'm saying? His mind is like fucking always going. Definitely fun to see. He's a cool dude, but he's definitely got that geeky side. It's just the fact that they seem like they are so in tune with what he wants to do. And we've seen, even just in that one game, I think I've seen more guys actually pressurize a quarterback than I saw in two years under Chuck Pagano. And sometimes it is. It's a mindset. You bring in a new coach and that's what they want to do. The reason why the Bears' defense was so elite in 2018 was we didn't have a great offense, but what they did is they were always aggressive. So while you may have given up points, you were also one of those teams that could take the ball away because you put so much pressure on the opposing quarterback. The problem is Chuck Pagano had the opposite viewpoint, was that he wanted it to be elite in coverage, but the problem is we didn't have the players to do that. We had Kyle Fuller, who was brilliant at it, but the rest of the guys weren't. I always say that you have to play to the strengths of your defense. And what are they? They're Akeem Hicks, you have Khalil Mack, Roquan Smith, and you have Eddie Jackson and you have Kyle Fuller. Now, most of those guys, when they're at their best is when the team is aggressive. So Khalil Mack, obviously, going after the passer. Same with Akeem Hicks. Same, like, to be fair, with Roquan Smith, what he did so well for Vic Fangio is we probably saw him blitz at least three or four times and get right through and sack a quarterback. He was so good in his rookie season at doing that. Like he got a, was it? He got a pick six against the Eagles in that playoff game. You look at Eddie Jackson and how well he played that year. It was easy for him because there was so much pressure up front that quarterbacks made mistakes and he was able to capitalize. The problem is when you put Eddie Jackson Kyle Fuller and those types of players on the back foot, it's very difficult for guys like that to make the plays that we're so used to when you are playing on the back foot. And that's why you see the likes of even in other teams. So I look at the Chiefs. They don't have an elite defense, but why do they why do they play well? Because they're aggressive and they give players like Tyron Matthew a chance to make plays. The problem is the Bears went the opposite way of doing things and it just blew up in their face. And it's that's one criticism I've had with Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy over the last couple of years is they didn't really have an interview process for the defensive coordinator after Vic Fangio left. If they did, they would have realized that there was two insane candidates that were already in the building where one of them is now a head coach already. And the next one is now your defensive coordinator. So they just decided, well, Chuck Pagano's out there. He's had experience of being a head coach and a defensive coordinator. It'll work and it blew up in their face because you made the strength of this team not a weakness, but you just made it worse than what it was when all they needed to be was kind of 
stable. They didn't need to get much better because they were already at such a high level. It was always going to take a step back. But I don't think Bears fans and people even in the media realised how much of a step back it was going to be. Lads, I'd like to take a second now to throw Jake under the bus in as he's not here to defend himself. We recorded our all-hype defence last week that that we put out and we were discussing off-air some other candidates we had for for our all-hype defence and he floated the name Khalil Mack. So I just want to get your guys' response to that, based on like the last couple of seasons. Have you guys been happy with his output? How how off-base is Jake with his hot take there? That hot take is reminds me of Nick Foles. It makes me think he's a bum. Yeah, that's, like, that's, that's shocking. Khalil Mack, Khalil Mack had one of the most amount of pressures last year, and he was triple-team nearly every single play. Like At the end of the day, any team in the NFL would want a player like Khalil Mack because it it actually opens up other players. The problem that the Bears have done is that they haven't had anybody opposite Khalil Mack to take advantage of all those double and triple teams. Like you ask any, you ask any offensive lineman, any coach, actually one person that's actually really good to listen to is an ex-Bears offensive lineman, Olin Krutz, talks about this a lot because people always talk about, oh, how why didn't Khalil Mack get the sack sack numbers? Has his skills diminished? Was he injured? And he breaks it down perfectly on how elite he actually is, considering he's able to get to a quarterback when there's three players trying to block him. Just look at the Tampa Bay game where he destroys Tristan Wirfs with one hand last year. He basically flips him over. And then Tristan Wirfs, I don't think, gives up that many sacks after that game. But it's... For somebody to say Khalil Mack is all hype, I would definitely question what they think is a very good pass rusher if you're going to say Khalil Mack isn't elite. Yeah, that's perfect. We'll clip this for him and send it to him, so that's perfect. <laughs> perfect. What's, also, what's also important as well to remember is that shows how bad Robert Quinn played. Um, now, whether Robert Quinn was injured or not, we're hoping he was. He better be. <laughs> yeah, because if he wasn't, then we paid him a crap load of money for no reason. But I think that showed how bad he was. Because... Right, hold on. I'll just write that name down for our next season's all hype. What it shows at Mac is that that's why I think Eddie Goldman coming back is so important for the Bears. And, and having our front seven back is everything. And having Chuck Pagano didn't know what to like, Matt, they were putting Mac into coverage. At, at, at some play, like he was, he was having Mac basically dropping off, and that's not what Mac does. That's not where he's at his best. That's where where you want him to be is in the face of a Brady, a Rogers, or whatever, um, and that's where he's got his most success. Whether it be at Raiders, whether it be at the Bears, and I'm just I'm really excited to see what he is because he's one of those other players who seems like they feel like they're slighted. So there's a lot of Chicago Bears players have come out now, and I know it's only talk, but we'll see how it goes. But they're all saying they've been slighted, whether it's Alan Robinson because he's not got his contract, whether it's Montgomery because he's being picked way, way down the depth chart and running backs, whether it's Mac because people are saying stuff like your esteemed colleague decided to say. Um, that's great from a Chicago Bears perspective. Then throw in Justin Fields, he drops to 11, throw in Tevin Jenkins, if he gets on the field, he's in the second round, and keep going and keep going and keep going, and goes right down to some of our draft picks with this Thomas Graham Jr., who could, could, could be our nickel corner, and suddenly he's given out because he was way down a draft class as well. So, in a city like Chicago, 
that's pretty damn perfect if you're a Chicago Bears fan. The more of these guys you get, the better. I also, the big thing I'm looking forward to as a Chicago Bears fan is finally we will have somebody that will be running up and down the sideline of loads of teams screaming abuse as he runs up and down that sideline because it's happened to us so many times with so many quarterbacks. It is going to be fantastic that we finally have that. And by the way, I'm not talking about Andy Dalton. Yeah, the all the hype team is, oh, the know, York, is the New York Giants. That's what it we is. know. It's uh, Nick Foles you're talking about, Anthony. Don't worry. Of course, about that. of course. <laughs> See, the first problem with that is you said he, I said running up and down the sideline. Nick doesn't run. Nick crawls. <laughs> that contract he has, he can hire someone to pick him up and lift him up from sideline to sideline. This is true. Him. This is true. He can hire Khalil Mack to do it, and he'd still <laughs> he'd still suck a second quarter back doing it. I think isn't Khalil Mack on more money than him though? Yeah, he probably is. Yeah, so I think uh, I think Khalil Mack can politely decline that invitation. But <laughs> guys, we're gonna wrap this up here soon. But before we let you go, we had some interesting news a couple of uh, weeks ago, maybe months at this stage, about the Bears possibly leaving Soldier Field. Um, has there been any updates on that recently? Uh not really. Um, the main the main update was about a week after that the bears kind of went into business with a sports book and it was the same it was basically the same entity that owns the location that the bears were looking to move into is the last thing I, I think we can remember is that there's some sort of negotiations or fight with the city of chicago because again they want they want to keep them there um but it's definitely a tricky one. It's it's either that the Bears go and they move to Arlington Heights, and which personally I think that they should do because again you need to have a first class stadium for a first class organization. You need to be able to have enough tailgating space for that fans that don't have a ticket to the game can still go and have a party and have fun before a game. Which right now it's basically a lottery system to be able to be to go tailgating and most of the lots where you can go tailgating in Chicago are so far from the stadium that you could be late getting to the game by, by tailgating there. Um, so I think it, it just makes sense, sense as a financial point of view, but also as a team and a fan experience point of view. The only thing that goes against it is just kind of, I guess, the fan feeling of being at Soldier Field, being on the lakefront and, but we've 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 kind of come to the conclusion. It's like, well, what did the Bears really have there? They never really won at Soldier Field. Like you saw some of the very good Bears teams play at Wrigley Field, yet nobody wants them to go and play there. So for me, like while I've been to so many games at Soldier Field, so many memorable moments there, at some point in time, you have to move on. I hope, like personally, I hope that they do move. Because it's a pain in the ass trying to get to Soldier Field from unless you're living in the city of Chicago and you can just walk there. It's very hard to get there. The traffic's terrible. Um, I've said it on our show, the only time I've ever been able to get there is by cycling along the lakefront and then walking to get to Soldier Field. Other than that, it's an absolute nightmare to even get close to the stadium. So personally, I think it would be in the best interest of both the organization and the fan base to move. I don't know if Anthony agrees with that. Yeah, I think, I think it, Chicago bears 
and, and this this goes for most most sports franchises their obsession with this is where our home is and this is where our traditions are if you do it right and if you do the move right and by the way we've seen some soccer teams in Europe making absolute aims of it I support one of them in West Ham but there's teams that literally when they get it right they can bring the tradition with them and the other thing what tradition do the Chicago Bears have in Soldier Field like what we won one Super Bowl in 1985 that's a long long time ago so I think the, the look into where Arlington Lights Heights can do it gives you an opportunity to become that franchise and with a with our QB hopefully being the superstar that he walks in the door and wins his seventh Super Bowl ring in the first year in Arlington Heights isn't that even better so yeah I'm, I'm with it I think getting in there I think it's funny when people turn around and say well they'll be called the Arlington Bears no they won't there's so many other teams who play outside their cities they're still going to be Chicago Bears all the New York teams yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, reality, no the reality is, you can shout the Bears in any stadium you want. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> it's it, it, it. I find I find it very funny when people try and do that, and it's just people that don't want the Bears to move that try and come up with with that one. And it's it's a very antiquated take, especially when you have like ex Bears players talk about how crappy Soldier Field has been. For them, not only like the field is terrible. Like I don't think people realize just how bad it is, and it doesn't suit the, some of the style of players that we have. It doesn't suit a guy like Tariq Cohn that likes to cut in and out because the field gets chopped up because it's used for concerts and it's used for the Chicago Fire. Like it's it's ridiculous to have the Bears have to share that stadium with anybody and. Look, it's the I I think I'm right in saying it's one of the few franchises in the NFL that that doesn't own their stadium, and it's still one of the kind of most I guess it's worth one of the most in the NFL. I think it's third or fourth in the NFL, and yet they still don't own their stadium. So what would it be like if they actually did? So look, it makes it makes sense on on all avenues for the Bears to at least go ahead and see how much it's going to cost to be able to do this. Because look, there's going to be other bidders, bidders that are in there. There'll be like other racetracks and other things that'll, that'll want to go to that area. But look, I think it's, it's only a good thing for both the NFL and the city of Chicago, because you can have things like final fours in terms of basketball there. You can have a Super Bowl there. You can have many different events that right now they can't do because like at the end of the day, the Bears messed it up when they were able to kind of help rebuild Soldier Field and literally just put a spaceship on the columns that, that we had there initially. They didn't have a roof, which is ridiculous considering what the weather is like in Chicago in November, December, and January. It's and the other the other thing that people say is, and I always find this very funny when there's fans say, oh, what about bear weather? <laughs> bear weather doesn't exist because most teams that come in don't care if it's it's cold. I think I've only seen one game where it's affected someone. And that was, I think it was in 2013 when we played against the Dallas Cowboys. And it looked like Tony Romo had absolutely no, he had no desire to be on that field. None of them did. They're all by like the heater the whole time. But like other than that, when has bear weather ever helped the Chicago Bears? It hasn't because it doesn't exist. Yeah, I totally agree. And like, like you mentioned there, getting the new stadium does open so many other avenues in terms of, like you said, Super Bowl. And um, I think that's one thing as well. I think it's one of the only stadiums left that has 
uh, actual grass pitches as well. And most of the stadiums now are, are transferring over to the artificial turf, which helps, like you mentioned, running backs like Tariq Cohen cut inside quicker if he needs to. But because that's where we're going to wrap this show. Before we uh, we let you go, uh, where can anyone watching uh, follow your show or, or catch it? Yeah, well, you can follow it over on YouTube. So you can just look up the Irish Bears show. Um, we have a lot of stuff that's kind of going up. We've pretty much do a podcast each kind of Wednesday, which usually is just our kind of general podcast about the Bears. Then we'll have a preview um, for each game. We'll have post games as well. Um, so lots of stuff coming up, uh, a lot of interesting interviews coming up. So you, you can find it there. If you're not someone who likes watching podcasts on YouTube, you can go check us out. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, pretty much anywhere where you get your podcasts. We're there. Just look up the Irish Bear Show. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that sort of jazz. And yeah, so pretty much everywhere you can kind of find podcasts or any social media platform, you'll be able to find us there. Excellent stuff, lads. It's been great having you on to uh, to talk some bears. We'll definitely be having you back on at some point during the year to get a, another progress report on, on fields and the other uh, rookies to see how things are going to see. Hopefully, fingers crossed, in contention to, uh, if not win the division, definitely for a playoff spot. Oh, cheers. Thanks for thanks for having us on as well, boys. It was great. And brings back memories of our draft night one, hour seven. You didn't you didn't go with the second day. We stuck it out for the second day, which nearly killed us. But yeah, yeah. Thanks again for thanks for letting us on. We really enjoyed it. No problem. Yeah, just, yeah, absolutely. No problem. We just didn't have the uh this the the podcast stamina there to go for two days in a row for seven hours again. You did so right. Maybe maybe next year's draft we might we'll see. We'll see. We might need to get a bigger team so I can like uh get some of the other guys to look after. So I won't maybe have to do it. Fionn will be there all both days. He he's delighted by it. you can see it just in his Jake will there. definitely not be. He can barely make it to the ones we have scheduled already. <laughs> <laughs> to, to be to be fair, right now I don't know if Jake's a real person or not because uh, <laughs> you've never met him. <laughs> yeah. There are rumors going around yeah. that it is just a cardboard cutout we put in the third screen. But look, those those rumors uh, cannot be confirmed or denied just yet. But before we go, guys, if you haven't already, make sure you have liked this video on YouTube and you're subscribed to our a YouTube channel, which is Under Center Podcast. For you Bears fans, you may think we are the NBC version of the uh, Chicago Bears podcast. We're not. We're an Irish one, I swear. Uh, just make sure you spell center the Irish way with the or before the E, and that's where you'll find us. We're on Twitter at Under Center Pod. Instagram is the same at under center pod uh you'll find us there too but like i said that is all the time we have for it this week we'll be back again with another show later on in the week but until then stay safe and we'll see you soon